Hello and welcome to Dowdy, the podcast where me, Mariana Feijó, talk to my guests about the concept of bravery, our braveness, even just the moments where folks have been slightly out of their comfort zones. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, it's our 11th episode of Dowdy, and I have my first long-time listener as a guest. I wasn't aware there was a group of people now doubting themselves on whether the things they thought they did that were brave were really brave or not. And having all these philosophical doubts, I wasn't aware of it, but I appreciate the power. I will keep this short because it's a long one, but I'd li- I wanted to just make uh, a disclosure. Or I looked into Virginia Woolf. You will understand why I'm making this add-on at the start of the episode when you <laughs> listen to, to it. But I was looking into Virginia Woolf and her thoughts on the women's suffrage. And she did support the votes for women. She, in some ways, wasn't sure if the um, techniques used at the time to fight for the votes for women uh, were correct or useful or effective. And she was a bigger proponent of the economic independence of women than the vote, which I guess is fair enough. Uh, (laughs) Although... The vote probably helped uh, women get economic independence um, because they can vote for the people that will help them. We can vote for the people that will help us have the rights we want to have. And is, wink wink, uh, is (laughs) a message to all the voters out there. uh, Voting in elections close in time. uh, Or voting in elections uh, a little further away in time. Think, think, think what your what the effect of your choices have on the lives of everyone, not just like on your life, on the lives of everyone around you. Just think and make conscious choices, please. Because, you know, some of us are immigrants in countries where we can't vote for the higher positions of power. So we need you uh, citizens to 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 think of us as well and not just us just think about everyone uh that isn't you and uh, doesn't live in the same conditions that you live in and i'm not sure who i'm talking to uh but yeah there's there's a message there somewhere that i'm not going into because this is already a very long episode and i don't want to to lose you just before we start because this is like a very juicy episode. I hate the word juicy, and it reminds me of um, <laughs> of an intimacy workshop I've done, uh, where one of the facilitators kept were using the word uh, juicy in a very sensual way, and it was uh, very, 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 very disturbing. But that's a story for another time. Uh, <laughs> now I'll start this episode as. I always do with my guest Caitlin Powell introducing herself. Hi, I'm Caitlin Powell. I'm a stand-up, a general loudmouth, and I'm gonna say academic because I'm trying to like do two things at the same time at the moment. And fuck it, why not? I'm an academic as well. That's great. I used to be an academic. I no longer am an academic. So, yeah. and you uh, are like a proper like sciencey academic as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I feel like uh, whenever I, I see like the um, arts people who are academics writing like all their thoughts, I find it so like like cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's not like proper. We're not actually helping anything. We're not. Whereas you were like, you were doing proper. Wait, when you been like cancer research or am I? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't help anyone though, so it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> you must have done in the long run i don't think so it was like very little time and probably <laughs> were you just like blowing up the lab and <laughs> tripping over shit <laughs> no no i was doing real work but i think yeah. none of my results uh helped anyone do oh. anything maybe just like uh know that i shouldn't proceed <laughs> with that <laughs> thing well that's useful in itself isn't it yeah i saved people time <laughs> Uh, how would you define bravery? How would I define bravery? So, you asked me to do this podcast a little while ago, and I've been thinking about it, and it's taken me... At first I was like, I know what bravery is, and the more I think about it, the more complicated it gets. That's also my objective. <laughs> <laughs> also, listening to this podcast, I've been like, oh yeah, and that, and that, and that. Um, so I'm, not, I'm having to renegotiate 
my relationship with bravery because I definitely I'm gonna get to my definition in a second but I've been thinking I I have been my definition of bravery has been ruined by children's authors like I think JK Rowling has a lot to answer for like generally but yes. like specifically <laughs> with because for so long I've associated bravery with stupidity oh. or like a rash action that might not work and you haven't properly thought it through but you do it anyway so i've had to like reconsider that something quite reckless but now thinking about it the vaguer my definition has got i think i would describe it as disrupting boundaries and that can mean like anything that you believe to be unjust so i think it has to be for some kind of like not has to be often it's it can be selfish can be for the self but it shouldn't be for, like, ego. You shouldn't just do it because you shouldn't do an action. I'm being very vague and rambly, but <laughs> it's basically you asking me to do this has made my mind very vague and yeah. rambly. So I'm, I'm, like, I, I'm just, like, I'm just thinking, because I think it's the first time that the definition has gone that way of, like, being a selfless uh, oh, act no, or, like, so, disrupting. It's not necessarily selfless what you're saying it's just like trying to like change something or yeah and it doesn't have to when i say disrupting boundaries i don't mean in a super grand way like that can be just for example i think it's i think it's brave to write to your employer and say hi i'm taking a mental health day because that is not a discussion that's often mm -hmm. had do you get what i mean yeah does that make sense yeah. yeah i guess doing something where you don't know like the reaction you might get is not set in stone or mm -hmm. the reaction you might or or the outcome is not set in stone which i guess links back to the reckless thing i was talking about but, I don't but know. like i feel like when you're reckless you you don't know what the outcome is but maybe you haven't even thought about what it might be right oh i mean like i feel like in in books often characters are reckless but they're like but it's for the good of this person i'm saving this person it's like well you could just like ask an adult to help you you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah when it's like kids in books yeah. i guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just, basically um I re basically I went I redownloaded Audible and ages ago I bought all the Harry Potter books so I'm trying to purge them from my uh library by just reading them yeah. all and that's it and Harry bloody Potter is getting on my wick no end I just need him to have a conversation with someone and explain what's going on while he lets people die around him <laughs> but he's so brave he's in Gryffindor <laughs> I've never read their Harry Potter and I've only watched the first movie. So, like, I know what Harry Potter is right. about and, like, the, the story. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know well, how reckless he was in specific moments. <laughs> well, your, your concept of bravely, bravery will be a lot, like, more solid than mine. Because I'm trying <laughs> to, like, go against everything I learned as a kid. Um, but one thing I was interested in, because I think it was Issa's episode... You were talking about stand-up in terms of bravery. Yeah. And this is a thing I've always felt like when people say to me, oh, you're so brave doing stuff. Not like men, when men come up to you and go, you're yeah. so brave doing, oh, look at you, you little lady. Oh, I don't mean that. <laughs> I mean, like, I've never considered stand-up brave because I think for most people, there's this, like, quite big element of ego. And that, to me makes it less brave like i don't think jimmy carr is brave you know what i mean yeah like i get that and i like i feel like whenever people tell me i'm brave because i do stand up or i'm brave because i do improv and there's oh. nothing written down i don't think any of those things i'm being brave in doing any of those things because it's my choice to do them mm -hmm. it's, it's not like i don't know i want to do them I, it's some something in me wants to do them even yeah. when i'm nervous to get on stage or whatever something yeah. in me wants to do it and it's not the stakes are not that big. The worst mm -hmm. thing that can happen is that I won't get an opportunity in comedy. And that's, like, pretty much not a huge stake, <laughs> even if that's what I want to do with my that's life. That's kind of a relief, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone's been talking about how Edinburgh isn't happening, and I'm like, I have yeah. enjoyed my August off. Fuck you guys. Anyway, sorry, I, I I'm very happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Me not having to be in Edinburgh. And it was like such a good summer. And if we were up <laughs> there, it would have been horrible. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, I don't think it is brave. But I don't think for me it's a, an ego thing either. So, okay. but I still don't think it's brave. Because I, I don't need to do it. <laughs> I write like f 
for me, and that's like, that's the reason I created this podcast is that I, I always disagree when someone tells me you have been brave because you uh-huh. have done X or Y or Z. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I haven't because I don't know. Uh, yeah. My concept of brave, maybe it's something bigger and not something I'm doing that may put me out of my comfort zone, but that is something I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a really tough time because obviously you're like, think of, because you, you tell us before to think about yeah. instances where we've been brave. I had such a tough time with this because every time I thought of an instance where I was like, oh yeah, I was brave then. I was like, mm, was that bravery though? Ooh, or did you do it for another reason? Hmm. Were you just a little bitch? What was it? Like, I had such a tough time with this. So I think anything I tell you where I'm like, oh, this is my bravery story. It's going to be like, can you confirm or deny if this is bravery? Because I don't know. <laughs> That wasn't my intention. I didn't want to put like my guests uh, in like a state of mind that they will start second guessing everything they've done in their life. That's no. just my life. It's fine. You didn't do that. It's cool. <laughs> that does bring us to my next question, which is, uh, is there a moment in your life in, in which you think you have been brave? There or more are than one moment. There are, co- <laughs> there are several. Um, <laughs> but it, actually, the first one kind of links to what I was saying about stand up not being brave because I think there is a condition where it can be brave for me I know like mm-hmm. lots of different people will think different things but okay I'll tell my story first and then yeah so yeah. the first time I ever did stand up I was quite young I traveled down to London I was so excited to be in the big smoke it was a little Caitlin's adventure in London I went to is it still running the lion's den uh, I, don't I don't know, know. like Shaftesbury Avenue I I don't know and it was a bit of an odd venue. They had a sign up that was like, uh, women, if you take your bra off, you get a free drink and stuff. And I was like, okay, okay. So I did my set and it was fine. I don't think it was like amazing. I think I did, I had a good time, you know. Um, and this guy had been really friendly all night, but I was like a little baby. So I was like, he's just being friendly. Whereas now I'd be like, fuck off. Don't even yeah. look at me. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was just being nice. And then at the very end, he was like, hey, do you want to come back to mine? And he's like 40. And I was like, oh, no, no, I don't think so. That No, that doesn't sound like a thing I want to do. So he followed me home. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like I, he, well, I say fo- he followed me to where I was staying, mm-hmm. uh, which was a long way away. And I only noticed when I was in the tube. I would say... It was brave of me to even return to stand-up. Personally, I think it was. And I think that's like what I was thinking in general when it comes to stand-up. I think, and mm, and I think this can again be extrapolated outwards. I think every, I don't know, like woman, queer person, non-white person, person with a disability has been in a room, well, in a room where stand-up's taking place, but also a room in general where they feel like their presence is not respected in some way. Mm-hmm. So jokes or whatever's happening. And I think it's brave to say, nevertheless, I will be heard. You will listen to me. I will stand up and you will listen. So I think, I don't know, I think especially given I was so young, I reckon that was pretty brave of me. I took a little time off to go, ah, oh, but yeah. Sorry, that was quite a dark story. I'm fine. Uh, this, this podcast is like, we go dark sometimes and it's fine. Mm. I'm just like trying to think about like what that makes me feel. <laughs> uh, and it's like, yeah, I think, I feel like, and you have said that, it's like almost any room. So it's as brave to, although in stand-up you are talking and you are making your voice heard, you want to say something and you are saying it. Yeah. Uh, even if it's like the silliest, dumbest, that must joke it's like <laughs> you want to say it somehow yeah. it's your joke but I feel like in that case any being yourself in a way it's um doing anything you want to do uh, when you are second guessed by men or the patriarchy is mm-hmm. brave yeah but then part of me is like is it stupid that I've just continued to go back to this environment that is that just stupid? Is that brave or stupid? We're back to that dichotomy. Yeah, the, yeah exactly. Cause, and that also comes to the thing that it's, it's the first time I'm thinking of like bravery as a, whether you have a choice or not to do something. Because you, 
you don't need to do stand up. It's your choice. So yeah, yeah. I do feel but like that I that need... doesn't necessarily make it less brave. It doesn't need to make it less yeah. brave, despite yeah. it being something you don't. And you were saying you need it. I like. I feel like I like. I'm missing the stage so much. And mm. <laughs> so in a way, I do need it, but I don't need it. Yeah, it's not yeah. essential for survival. Yeah. It definitely enriches my life and makes me so happy. I think it's brave to. This isn't the individual, but for as a as a group, I respect women comics so much. Oh my god, the bravery it takes as a group to keep going back and going no shut up listen <laughs> over and over again and yeah. I've, I've been so aware of that these past few months given everything that's happening in the comedy mm-hmm. industry right now just ah, oh, and it is, it is in great. a way in a way when you are when you become aware of everything that has happened because like for me little things have happened where i felt disrespected but mm-hmm. nothing like that made me afraid uh, of yeah. being in a room of some F-standard comedians ever mm. happened. And I feel like a lot of people have been afraid uh, because yeah. really bad yeah. things happen to them. Uh, mm. So yeah, the more you become aware of that, uh, those people are brave to come back and to keep doing it. Yeah. It's also like, it def- that experience definitely... So then I moved up north for uni and the next gig I ever did was ages later in Newcastle, which is a way friendlier environment. But then when I moved down to London and finally was back in a similar kind of London stand-up environment, I just didn't talk to people. I didn't risk communicating with anyone. I just came in, did my set, went out. Which, if you know the stand-up scene, yeah. it doesn't work. You don't get gigs like that. You have to talk to people. It's a lot of schmoozing. So I That's spent why I, like... I don't get many gigs because I don't talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now, uh, yeah. I guess, I guess I've been brave in talking to people again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is nice. I'm realizing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely one of the things. Again, because I have trouble saying that I have been brave. I mostly say that it's something that takes me out of my comfort zone. But probably mm. all those little things that take me out of my comfort zone are moments where I have been brave. Because for me, it's really hard to talk to people. And like, if there's a group of people, it's really hard for me to go in there and say, hey, you're all chatting and you're all friendly with each other. Listen to me. I'm here as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's like uh, an extra effort I have to make. And that's why I don't like schmooze a lot after gigs. But it's something mm. I was trying to do a lot before COVID happened. And now I don't have, I don't even have the chance to yeah. go out there and try. So, yeah. Well, now I can interact with people over social media, which I find a lot easier. So I'm going to I'm gonna bustle back into the scene. Everyone's going to be like, it's Caitlin. I'm going to be like, I will not talk. No. Mm-mm. Let me Just text go to my Twitter. You. Yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. Oh, no, I'm terrible at texting. No, I won't. Oh. <laughs> Tweet me. DM me. As long as there's like a limit of characters, I'm yeah. I'm with you. I'm down. No rambling. Get to the point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you want? You're you said there were two things you've thought about. What's the other one? Oh, oh, there are a couple of little things. What was my other thing? Okay, can I co- talk about two more? Because sure. there's one yeah. where I am unsure if it's bravery or just, like, my personality. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's an important thing. Okay, so um, I'm, I have a very strong... This is going to sound like a boast, but it's not, because it's fucking stupid. I have a very strong moral code which I can't really explain, but I see things very black and white. So things are either a good thing or an awful thing that needs to change. So I often get into lots of arguments. I'm not, I get very angry about a right or wrong issue and I'll call people out. So the moment I'm thinking of is, it was Halloween at university and there was a massive like block party. And a guy in my flat, well, I arrived at the party and this guy in my flat who I did not care for, he'd been, he was a young Tory, to give oh. you some context. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> one um, of those. One of those. He took a bite out of my cheese. Like, I had a block of cheese and he bit it. I mean, that's not the worst thing he did, but that's the one that sticks with me. Because <laughs> when he said that, I thought, like, he took a bite out of your sandwich. And that's some mm. way less bad than taking a bite of... Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. bad. <laughs> yep. yep. Anyway, um, I arrived and he had come dressed as 
the classic offensive costume of a suicide bomber. Yeah. So I arrive at the party and everyone's kind of tense because he's been... That's such a shitty thing to do. And also it completely upsets the dynamic of... Not that that's the important thing, upsetting the dynamic of a party, but it does. It, it goes, look at me, everyone else, you should be uncomfortable. It's such an ego-driven move. It's not funny. It's offensive. I hate it. So I, was, I went up to him. I was like, what, what's going on here? What's happening? What's all this about? And he said, oh, you think this is offensive? You should see my friend. Points to his friend who has come as a domestic abuse victim, which is astonishingly was... offensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I w- verbally let them have it and essentially yelled at them to get out. And it essentially caused the scene and made things quite awkward. But afterwards, people were like, oh, that was really brave. And I don't think that was brave. But then I can understand why it might be brave to call someone out. So I wonder what yeah. you think, especially as someone who's quite, you've just said you don't like like engaging with people. Like, you know, That's like slight, a slight different, uh, slight, a slight different thing, because I, I will argue, uh, spe- mm-hmm. I will argue that those kinds of things, I will argue. Like, I'm just thinking of an argument I had this Saturday. Uh, <laughs> I didn't used to because I don't like... I don't love confrontation. So mm-hmm. if it was like, and because I know that all these discussions that we have may not change anyone's mind and may not make them even think about it. But now I feel really uncomfortable not saying anything when I think someone is saying something that I think is wrong, um, mm-hmm. which I feel like has made me get invited to parties less since I started <laughs> doing that because I just like... It does. I never go to parties. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When I Let's call have someone party out for... and just yell yes. at each other. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I don't know if I've ever thought it was brave of me. I think it's just, I, yeah, and no one ever told me I was brave for doing that. They might have told me I was annoying for doing that. <laughs> like the last uh, discussion I had was about sex work. And oh, I, no. the, for, the first time someone gave me an argument that I was like, what? Because <laughs> oh, this... No people's um, issue with sex work was that it plays with men's vulnerability. Sex workers are playing with men's vulnerability. Wait, and sometimes men... As in taking advantage of it? Yes. Uh-huh. To make money. And sometimes okay. these men are Wait till broke. they hear about capitalism. <laughs> but that was what I was telling them. And they, no, it's not the same thing because you're not playing... Come on, they, you, you are. What, what's happening? What's, wow. Don't you know all advertise, advertisement, all, everyone that's trying to sell you something is playing with your vulnerabilities. Yeah. What? <laughs> that's such a... I was very... Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I still don't understand what's, what's happened. And they mailed this into the podcast. So yeah, I'm talking about you. I still <laughs> oh, really? don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you know them personally? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> are they listening now? I don't know. I don't know if they listen, but yeah. Wow, that is that is well. If you are listening, that's a quite atrocious argument. <laughs> and then, like, because of... one of them did say, but don't you think it's wrong that people take advantage of people's vulnerabilities to make money? Yes. Yeah. Oh, sure thing. Then, mm. just because it happens in other in other places in other industries. You shouldn't let it happen in this one. Sure. But that's not a reason to have it be criminalized. Yeah. That's not a reason. I feel and like that's a massive argument they've just placed on sex workers. Yeah. I like, what are I you going to do about this? Well, that's not really our problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not a sex worker problem. And I feel like it's more, it's an argument they found. And I'm putting things in their opinion that might not be true. But I feel like it's an argument they found to, to make someone who's who has nothing against the decriminalization of sex work think oh i do think that's wrong okay yeah while you won't I've think never heard before. yeah you won't think it's wrong all the other arguments you've thought them through and you know how to argue them yeah. this one is like yeah i did argue with like the capitalism one which is like <laughs> that's what happens but yeah I think they haven't thought that through. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard about... I'm, I'm so interested on getting people's takes on this. Have you heard about Belle Delphine? No, I don't think so. So Belle Delphine is a... I think she was a gamer girl originally, but she's basically... She's a really hot gamer girl. Uh, she's very pretty. 
And I believe the way it started was just men were constantly like, commenting. Yeah, being, she, yeah. Yeah. So she's essentially gone, oh, you would like to pay me for sex work, Fine. essentially. Yeah. So she made an OnlyFans. And number one, guys were furious because they'd rather like get that yeah, shit for free, for free than pay for it. Of course. It. Yeah. Then what she did, and I think this is the funniest shit I've ever heard. She started selling her bath water. And that is only funny because people bought it. Paid, yeah. <laughs> like, she sold out and had to make more. Well, she ran a bath and got in it. But you know what I mean? Like, she had to, like, there was a supply and demand for her bathwater. <laughs> and I think that's hilarious. But also, men were so angry about it. Like, yeah. furious about it. And I just think that's so funny that they were like... Because that's, that's part of it. Because they, they do want to take advantage of your body but mm -hmm. then if you want if you do take advantage of them because yeah. of the things they want from you that's wrong mm -hmm. they'd rather like climb in a window and steal her bath water yes pay for the bath water. <laughs> i like, just think oh so stupid and one of them did tell me asked me two things one of them was you don't like for like comedy wise you run a show you don't take you don't lie to people. You don't tell people. You don't take advantages of people's vulnerability in them. I do lie to people. I'm not sure. I would say, like in my marketing stuff, I say, "Come to the show. You will laugh." I don't know. Maybe you <laughs> won't make anyone laugh. It's not a certain thing. I yeah. am lying. <laughs> it's subjective, man. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing he asked me was if I would ever pay for sex, and I'm like, "Yeah, I might. I right now I'm broke." So it wouldn't be the first thing I would spend money in. Mm -hmm. But I can see situations in which I would pay for sex. Yeah, I have like... nothing against that. <laughs> so, yeah. And it was like, no, you wouldn't. Because if you do want sex, you just go out and you get it. <laughs> That's like a wrong impression. It's not that easy for me, at least. Yeah. Maybe oh, I could so... if I had no... If I didn't want... If I wasn't expecting to get sex from someone in particular, if I would get sex for and from anyone, may, of course I would go to the street and someone would tell me yes, I'll fuck you. <laughs> but I also have a say in who I want to. Yeah, wait, was his argument sorry that because you're a woman you could get sex whenever you wanted? Or no, was I feel it you I feel like he he will think that of himself as well that he could get sex wherever. It, Whenever oh, you just like anyone could get sex anytime. Then not e not everyone, because he thinks oh. that there are men who think oh, who that vulnerable. they can't get sex, mm. and that's why sex workers take advantage of oh, them. Oh, in which in which case the sex workers are taking advantage of incels. In which case, exactly. go ahead, babe. Go ahead, yes. <laughs> please. They'll take all boots. their money. <laughs> yeah, make them broke. <laughs> mm. This is like a derailing of the. <laughs> oh yeah, this is. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's a you great discussion. Here, I was like, I've got so much to talk about. I haven't chatted to anyone all week. <laughs> Get on, nice little chat with Marianne. That's what I love about podcasts. It's all the tangents we go on. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to get back to your point. Oh, so it was linked to like the righteous anger thing that I feel. Yeah. And yeah. I I think, although, ah, this was going to say, I think some for some people, confrontation is brave. So the maybe the first moment you confront someone about something you believe is wrong. That's brave. I think if you're like me and you do it every five minutes, it's less brave. I think it's the moment where you want, or or maybe if it's like an escalation, if you're confronting, say, your boss and there's a hierarchy thing there. Mm -hmm. I think when it's when you're unsure of how it's going to go. Yeah, and I think there brave. are there are maybe situations in which because I feel like most of the times I confronted people, I was I felt safe safe about like my body and stuff like that i, I mm. i'm guessing there are situations when you're confronted uh, confronting confronting a, sta a stranger him he or they may uh turn violent uh if you are yeah. a person like a trans person of color a person mm -hmm. of color uh lgbtq more visible because we both are but i think like people wouldn't target us because mm -hmm. we are uh queer uh i feel like those people may be in a greater danger of confronting people yeah i definitely i think i think because i have a lot of i, I do struggle controlling my anger if i think something mm. not immoral but like unjust i have a very like oh this is unfair i need to get angry and often that is regardless of environment yeah so i remember when i was this is this was quite brave but also quite stupid Ah, 
<laughs> when I was like maybe 14, I think I was walking home from school and uh, there were a group of, I think, builders. A group of guys in like overalls and stuff and they were just taking up the whole pavement but there's a railing on the side so I couldn't step into the road. And so I just sort of tried to edge round them but they, as a group, like spread to the sides and then when I got into the middle of the group one guy stood in front of me and essentially catcalled me just mm -hmm. sort of intimidated me made me feel very uncomfortable and so I just screamed at him get the fuck out my way <laughs> which was so stupid because yeah. they were so much bigger than me but also it worked now I wouldn't recommend to anyone to do that but I feel like little Caitlin was quite brave in that moment. I do feel like in situations like that, I will confront mm -hmm. people. Because I don't think, I think in most of those situations, people wouldn't be violent against you. They're just talking in most yeah. of the catcalling situations. <clears throat> I've ne yeah. I never felt like I was in danger by telling someone to fuck off or whatever. In this country and in Portugal, I did uh, spend like a whole summer in New York two years ago, I think, where like it's hot, hot, hot in New York in August or July mm -hmm. when I w was there. And I was always like in short shorts or short skirts. I was catcalled in like uh, the most, not not even vile ways. They weren't like horrible ways, but it, they were very close to me every time they catcalled me. It was very almost intimate, which I now feel like yeah. it's not... um. It's not because catcalling is worse there necessarily. It's because people will talk to you on the street more there. People will right, say okay. hi and those kinds of things. So there's mm -hmm. less of a, a separation between people. And yeah. there I wasn't telling people to fuck off because <laughs> I know Americans can have a gun. And yeah. that would be more <laughs> scarier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think assuming, assuming it is safe to do so, Actually, I'm not sure I was guaranteed to be safe there because it, it was a group of guys in a circle around yeah. me. Who knows what? Well, it was in broad daylight, so let's assume everything was fine. I don't know. But I think it is brave, like, fundamentally. And and sometimes people say, oh, you shouldn't reply because that's what they want. Like, they want attention. I'm like, I think it's brave to, to not let someone else exert power over you mm -hmm. that they don't deserve like no one else no one should be able to make you feel less than or objectified without your consent and yeah i think however you deal with it if if it makes you feel empowered to go to ignore it and be like i'm just gonna pretend like i didn't hear it and they'll feel really stupid yelling out their window at someone who's got their headphones in and can't hear yeah if that makes you feel empowered go for it i think that's brave in itself because i can't control myself and do that <laughs> um but if you want to put your middle finger up and yell fuck you Maybe a little girl sees that and feels empowered. I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting very grandiose about it. But like, whatever makes you feel, in general, little things that make you feel more powerful as a person, I think that's brave. Because I think there's a lot of things in our, in, in society in general, that tries to put us down or make us feel yeah. less powerful. Yeah. And that goes even with things, I guess, that are less, that are seen less, as less powerf powerful like even like crying in public or whatever. I think that does in the ultimate, at the end of it, make you more powerful because you can do that. That's yeah. deemed mm -hmm. embarrassing or weak. You can do it in And also public. I think it, it, I think it's brave for anyone to cry in public. I think it's especially brave if, if, if you, if no one would expect you to. So I think guys should be able to cry in public more often. Yeah. Big guys, like guys who have a certain image should be able, I just, and also this kind of, it's along the same lines i think talking about your mental health as well yeah that's so brave and especially mental health that is not to say that that something like uh um what's a good example like anxiety or depression which i think we are talking about more i'm not yeah. saying the problem is solved but there are definitely some things like uh personality that disorders have more or, stigma around yeah, it. yeah like psychosis stuff like that talking about that is super brave i think and yeah especially guys especially if it uh, there must be people in positions of power who have quite debilitating mental... I, I don't think it can be that every, I don't know, CEO or yeah. in the country has no problem with no their wish. mental health. Yeah, yeah and I, I think it would be so important to see successful people speak out about that stuff. I don't know. Do they? Yeah, I think so. I don't really I, hear I, much. I, yeah, I don't hear it much either. Because with a Even celebrity, like... there's always like, in my mind, there's always some kind of 
not luck necessarily. When a pop star is like, I struggle with this thing, I'm like, I'm so glad you've spoken out about it, but there's a team around you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there must be so much pressure as well, but yeah. I think it's different from being like a, a businessy person or a, I don't know, what's yeah, it, I, finance? I don't know. And I do feel like they're probably, like, even with like the... St- even if it's just stress-related stuff, yeah. there's there's probably a lot of mental health issues in like high-pressure jobs mm. that people just yeah. don't talk about. Yeah. Oh, this is really sad now. <laughs> <laughs> Can I talk about one more thing? Of course. Yeah. So this is a moment to like spin it around, turn it on its head. Well, I wish I'd been braver. But we were both present, so I want to talk about it. Ooh, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and oh, maybe, you know maybe I, I'm sure I know what you're talking about, but that maybe comes into the other question that I oh, do sorry. next, which is: okay, no, Have you ever, that. have you ever not done, done something because you weren't brave? So I guess that's yes. where it comes in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Should we move on to that now? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. Okay. Let's. Okay. Cool. Oh, I'm interested to see if we're thinking the same thing, and I hope this I won't think, be like. I think so because it's the only thing if, that we were both present that I think maybe. Uh, well, if there know, are two yeah. things, we were both cowardly another yes. time. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So it was when I hope this won't be weird for people to listen to. So let's try and explain as well as we can. We met on a course at the Soho yes. Theatre where we got like instruction on comedy it was a really great environment people came in to talk to us it like was industry people who yes. whose opinion may be interesting for us to listen to and develop our comedy and your, our the way our, we perform and etc etc yes and we ha- how anonymous do i have to make this can I... maybe uh, i don't know i guess i for the people in the course i guess let's make them anonymous from for the big industry people i don't mind you saying names. Okay, okay um well i can't remember his name now but an industry person came in to talk to us about andrew doyle, doyle? Yes, yeah. I'm happy to say his name because I, I have talked about him for to everyone after that as like <laughs> someone a very bad person. <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't I was really interested about that day because that day was going to be talking about offense in comedy and mm. I quite enjoy creating tension in comedy with I never want people to be scared I'm going to say something offensive yeah. but like with it could be going one way yeah it goes you did way. have I don't know I think it might have been before that class you did have someone say something about your one of your one of the things you say in your set yeah. which is you have dated someone like a far-right person or yeah. like a skinhead or something like that yeah and your set isn't offensive but the person was the person who commented on that was a bit on her back on their back feet because they thought it might become offensive so yeah. I guess that's what you mean when you try to make people uncomfortable but then yeah you're safe and that's yeah the thing is that's true that story is definitely yeah. something that happened and it's it's also i'm not gonna be like it's a midlands thing but like there is i come from a very right-wing area and it's definitely a thing like as you're growing up you're like oh this person is racist they're not just yeah. oh it's it's manan they're saying something that's a bit old-fashioned no they, they are racist so i've met and and being inadvertently like when you're young you're kind of inadvertently friends with people that you go yeah. oh wait you have those views so and, sorry i'm i'm overly defending but but yeah but yeah like i i was i'm just saying that you do do stuff that may make people uncomfortable but i don't think and you will keep keep on talking about it so it may it will make it more clear for the people who we're talking to who don't know yeah. this story but i think it's different than being offensive in the way that we'll get to <laughs> so mm-hmm. that i'm trying to make a separation between yeah and the reason yeah, why I, you are interested in talking about it is because you like playing with it but you don't like actually offending mm-hmm. people <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i would yes. be so upset if someone said i was because i think the critique i got was was not it, it is offensive if someone might be offended yeah i've never had someone tell me they're offended and if someone did i would definitely reconsider that bit of material mm-hmm. yeah so i'm very interested i was really excited to hear him speak mm-hmm. because he came in this guy came in to talk to us about offense in comedy and i was like this is so interesting and he writes for jonathan pie is that he right? created the character of jonathan pie but i think okay. he's no longer the person who writes it but he right. does write the tatiana mcgrath mcgrath character yeah character and don't get me wrong i have laughed a lot at jonathan pie i do not agree with a lot of the stuff he said but i do think it's a funny character some of the stuff i've been like ha yeah right on i agree with that it, you know you, you you agree and disagree with all sorts of things mm. with a satirical character um he's definitely gone a bit more mouthpiece of andrew 
from time to time. And the other character he does is just stupid. Yeah. Oh my god. It's just like, ha ha ha, snowflakey liberal. I didn't know yes. about that character before this incident. I didn't know who he was before he taught us the class, so I was very open to listening to someone yeah. talk about offense in comedy. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. And I can't remember exactly some of the things he said, but the, the incident I'm remembering is when it became very clear that he wasn't as clever as he thought he was, and that his arguments did not hold up for, to debate. So some of the stuff he said, I think I might have agreed with more stuff he said than you, but I think we both disagreed with him more than some other people in the group. Yeah. You know, there was a variety of, like, disagree-agree. But there was one point where he said something. He, uh, I, one of our course mates asked him a question, and he answered it. I didn't agree with the answer, but he did it. And then a few minutes later, he completely contradicted what he said. And I remember a few of us looking around at each other and going, that wasn't right. That wasn't right at all. And the girl I was sitting next to, woman, I just referring to grown women as girls, the woman I was sitting next to, called him out. And I remember just being like, oh my God, I wish I was that brave. Because here's like an industry professional who we are supposed to be looking up to. And it's that moment, it's that moment when you realise, oh no, you're not as clever as you think yeah. you are, but you have a lot of power over me. Not a lot necessarily, but... Yeah, but I know? do feel, I feel like in that day, like, and I argued some stuff with him mm -hmm. because mostly I thought you're just not making sense and maybe yeah. if I make you like if I show you that what you're saying just doesn't make sense you will oh yeah I'm yeah. sorry I was I had just never thought it through <laughs> just fundamentally his arguments didn't add up he'd say one thing and then contradict himself immediately yeah. afterwards like I don't really care if he sat there and said loads of stuff I disagree with but at least his argument made sense I'd be like okay fair enough agree to disagree but this was so frustrating it was very frustrating but I think most most of it w one thing I was going to say is that I think like a lot of people didn't talk or didn't yeah. do a, make an and I think part of it is that they didn't want to say something someone from the industry was going to and also he was hired by the soul theater to do that class yeah. so it's not only him it's everyone that's involved in that course that may get offended if you it was like are we disrespecting him yeah yeah so it's part of that but also at some point i just thought he was he was just trying to annoy us he was doing it on purpose <laughs> especially one of our friends who really tried to argue with him and yeah. i felt like going it's not even worth it though because he doesn't I don't think he respected us, to be honest. Yeah, I also don't think. I, yeah. And I think that's... First, I think he just assumed we were, were all really young and had no <laughs> yeah, life experience. Yeah, very silly snowflake vibes. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, we had... This course, I think, was very varied in the people that were there. Because there were people who had just started doing comedy, people who have done Edinburgh shows. And yeah. in ages as well, I think there were younger people. Like, mm -hmm. someone was 19. Yeah. I'm 30... I was 33 at the time, maybe. Yes, exactly. So there's, like span of ages and life experiences so don't don't tell me that and and when he he did the thing that this makes me really angry when um, i don't think it's exclusively men i think a lot of like middle-aged women do it too mm -hmm. but like the whole thing of like someone will point out oh you said this and that is in direct contradiction you said x and that's in contradiction to y and they'll be like i didn't say that uh -huh. and the whole room was well not the whole room but a lot of people were going no no you did we just heard you and they'd be like no no, I didn't say that. But you, but you, you can't just, you can't just destroy reality because it suits yeah. you. I'm sorry, that's not how it works. Oh, that made me so annoyed. But did, did what I want to ask you? Haha, switching it around. <laughs> <laughs> did you feel brave talking back to him? I guess in a way because I know, like, I always get that when I'm. I don't get it when I'm arguing with people I know. I guess, but I get it when I'm arguing with someone I think is has some status that is higher than mine, which in that case is the case. I like, I want to say something and my heart starts pumping faster. Yeah. And I felt that. And mm -hmm. I know like, I have to say it because it is here. I need to say it, but it's like, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I felt it was a massive failure. I think, I think at one point I just went, no, you didn't. When everyone yeah. else was kind of chiming in. But I felt I was just so, not embarrassed. I don't know. I just felt like, I, I fucked it. I fucked it up. You, I, I really kind of was like, you should have said something and you didn't. Yeah. 
felt very cowardly. I don't think I don't think you failed. And I think like because then also some people talk like went against him more than others and I think when someone has more of that ability to confront other people it's maybe easier for them or they've done it more often then they will also tar- start talking before you are able to because you are mm. oh, I want to say something I will say something and then someone else says it oh okay yeah. I didn't need to say it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can just nod angrily <laughs> yeah <laughs> I did so much nodding you would not believe <laughs> Was that the incident you were going to talk about as well? Yeah, that that's yeah. like the only incident I think. I think that's the only incident that happened throughout the whole course. So yeah. Yeah, as far as I know. Oh God, what if yeah. there are others? <laughs> <laughs> I will eventually invite everyone to the podcast, so maybe we'll find out more <laughs> incidents. We'll just get that exact incident, but from every perspective. Yes, that this will turn into the... The Incident of the Soul Labs Theatre Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything coming up that will require bravery from your part? Well, oh, this is so... You're going to get so much, aren't you? I'm returning to (laughs) stand-up. I think the next month will require a little bit of bravery from me. Two reasons. So I'm I'm moving back down to London, which is brave because it's fucking hive of covid yes or is it stupid we'll never know well we'll find out won't we (laughs) um but also i'm i'm returning to do two things i'm returning to do comedy and also academia which is like again brave or stupid i'm trying to do two things that require you to commit a lot and require a lot of work in order to be good at it and I also think, in general, from, like, the very start, from, like, I don't know, GCSE A-level times, I feel like it's quite brave that I've chosen academia, and specifically something I'm very passionate about, but it's often seen as quite... Because I don't know if I said, I do history of art, and I'm doing yeah. a PhD, which I am very passionate about, and the subject matter I'm tackling, I'm very passionate about. And I think it is important, like, not to sound too up myself, but I do think it is important, otherwise I wouldn't be doing a PhD on it, you know what I mean? But I remember when I was, like, I think when we were applying for uni, I was friends with a lot of people who were, like, wanted to be doctors, and wanted to do maths at uni, and very serious things, and I remember telling a friend that I was applying to do history of art, and they were like... (laughs) okay, what on earth are you going to do with that? And that question has been asked about like 500 times yeah. to me in my life. But like, and I remember thinking, oh, cool. No one respects the subject at all. But I think it's been brave of me to pursue it. And I remember in my MA, no, sorry, my third year of uni, I was applying for an MA and my tutor who I was trying to get to help me apply told me that I wasn't academic enough to apply for an MA. And I think that just means I'm not, I really enjoy history of art and I love it, but I've never taken it too seriously. I think some of it's silly and some of it's funny and some of the stories behind artworks are just ridiculous. And you don't have to put it in bubble wrap and go, it's terribly precious. It's like very important that we respect this thing. And a lot of the time that grinds some academic skiers. So I think I think it's been brave of me in a, in a way to pursue this because I definitely don't have the mentality of a lot of academics. Yeah. And in my MA year, there were a lot of people who were quite rude to me because of that. I don't know if this is like also part of your experience and in what you're trying to refer to, but like I'm I'm doing this project with Ducky at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, uh, oh, which is cool. um, like queer history of the uh, Georgian period. Mm-hmm. So basically, we're looking, we're going to museums, and this is like together with the British Museum who, who opened stuff to us. We're going to museums to look at art through queer eyes that mm-hmm. aren't necessarily knowledgeable art eyes, because like I mm-hmm. don't have any academic experience with art and a lot of us don't like the main person who's uh, hurting us does but (laughs) not all of us do and the idea is exactly that most of the art has been probably researched by white men straight white men and Mm -hmm. what do queer eyes see in things that straight people haven't seen before Mm -hmm. that's the idea of the project which brings you to the idea that not, not everything that has been researched and concluded about the history of art is 
correct, maybe, because there's subjecti- subjectivity to it, and there's personal mm. experience, and have you had that experience of, is that part of what makes you less academic, is disagreeing with stuff that is in the books? I think not? I've definitely done that in my MA year, and my, P- and my whole PhD is challenging the way women have been completely ignored in a, well, not completely, basically ignored, in a history of the way post-humanism came out of Weimar Germany. So you're familiar with like Metropolis, that imagery, the cyborg that comes out of that period. If they're not like sort of vampy or uh, like being controlled by male inventors, it doesn't really exist. So I'm kind of reconsidering that. But I think the reason, I I don't know, if you're in an art history seminar or lecture in your like BA year, my experience was that you tend to get the loudest people, the people who talk the most, are the people who are very, very serious about the subject. And if you know a fair amount, but you're not taking it as, like, gospel as they mm-hmm. do, they can kind of look down on you a bit. So I guess, I don't think I necessarily knew enough at that point when that lecturer made that yeah. comment. But I think just my attitude towards it. Like, I love history of art. I don't necessarily think it's all gospel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yes, yes and no, I think. Yeah. I do like the idea about the, what you've said as well, that some of the histo- the stories associated with pieces of art are, like, silly and fun. And there are some people who, like, have social media accounts about stuff like that. And I love yeah. it because it's just so fun. Yeah, it's so great. Like, I'm, I've been lecturing, not lecturing, sorry, tutoring in my spare time to win some money. And it's been great because I've got to learn about like the Renaissance and uh, the Impressionist period and stuff like that. And the Renaissance is just load of like load of guys having a great time having sex with each other. It's great. Yes. <laughs> and being geniuses at the same time. And I like oh, normally I roll my eyes at that, but these guys were pretty, pretty good. Pretty yeah. good guys. Good blokes. That's also like. <laughs> Yeah, people who have sex with each other way more often and in like a way that with their friends and their colleagues and yeah. it was fine. It was just something we did. Maybe they were just organizing big orgies and having a little paint afterwards. Yeah. It wasn't even about the painting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope like no one in my university ever listens to this. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so yeah, I think it's brave. It's taken... Okay, I'm not sure if it's necessarily brave, but it's taken a lot of bravery from me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's objectively brave, but it's my version of bravery to try and pursue both things, both quite seriously, and not... I'm trying to be brave about the way people will view it. Because I've had people being like, oh, you're doing a PhD, so you're quitting comedy. And I'm like, no. And I've had... I've had academics following me on Twitter, and you know my Twitter. It is. It is not an art history Twitter. It's. It's. Yeah. It's very bitchy. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I think that's like that's like my version of bravery. I don't think it's objectively brave. But I, I think that's that's what bravery is, and I'm making taking a conclusion that I don't want to take because it's I want this discussion to stay open. So please argue with me if you're against <laughs> with my next podcast. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's what bravery is. It has to do what with what you think is brave, because other people think yeah. you're brave for just doing stand-up like anyone who does stand-up is brave and it's like the confrontation thing to some people confronting someone is is incredibly brave because they don't do confrontation for some people wearing a bikini is brave and i will keep using this example since is this episode because i yeah that's like a bikini in ages (laughs) oh oh i've been to the sea once this year so i wore a bikini once but that's Mm -hmm. And said I didn't get to wear it. But I'm also (laughs) loving the like the vibe of a one piece, like a swimming costume. I kind of like it aesthetically now. So I feel a bit like an old lady, but like a vintage lady. Yeah, that's that's nice. Uh, (laughs) Is there someone real or fictional from your own life or like a celebrity that you would think is an example of bravery? I hate that my head is telling me to say Lady Gaga. I hate that so much. (laughs) Oh, I hate it. I hate it, but my head is just going, Lady Gaga. <laughs> I should probably, given what I've just said, I should choose someone incredible from, like, the arts. Well, okay, going back to my initial, like, definition. Someone like, I don't think this person is brave in, like, the sense of, like, I don't know, fighting great wars. But, like, I've literally not used that definition at all in this whole podcast. Mm-hmm. So. But someone like a Virginia Woolf or someone like that. I mean, she's dead. But, like, someone like that who 
really did not, as far as I'm aware, give a flying fuck about changing herself and lived a life very authentically, as far as I can tell. I don't know that much about her, but those people in history who have just lived so authentically despite their circumstances. Well, she was a rich white lady, so, you know, (laughs) but (laughs) a queer one, so... yeah. And I don't feel like because some of those people in history then have like set an ends to their lives because they chose to live a life that wasn't accepted by people in their their peers and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. it is brave to do it. Yeah, mm. there's so but there's so many examples from history and that. But is it is it brave? If, oh, you know, everyone's like, oh, did you know Alexander the Great was gay? That wasn't brave though, was it? Because he was like the king. Wait, yeah. king. Was it called king? Maybe an emperor or something Maybe, like that. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> well, that's very long ago, but, like, is that brave? I don't think so. Yeah, if you have all the power, you can... It's not I brave, guess. is it? So I guess, I guess Virginia Woolf is maybe not the best example because she was a privileged woman. But then women had fewer rights then. Yeah. But then didn't she write that women shouldn't vote? Am I making that up? Sorry, Sorry I'm going know. back and forth <laughs> on this. <laughs> but yeah, I think in general, anyone, anyone inspires me who I see living their life as authentically as possible. Because I think uh-huh. often I, and I think a lot of people, don't. I find it very difficult to know what living authentically for me would be and when yeah. I see someone doing it I'm like that's great or maybe it's not brave maybe it's just how they naturally do it yeah maybe I don't know I feel like I haven't always lived my life authentically and I make an effort to do that I don't know if I've ever lived my life authentically I don't know I like I, I feel like I I've just made you like go inside <laughs> yourself <laughs> you'll sorry be thinking about this forever and like oh, please you know what being more openly queer on like social media Mm -hmm. and just generally in my life that has made a big change to how I feel about myself and living authentically maybe my inspiration was me all (laughs) along (laughs) why was Lady Gaga the first person who came into your head oh man I fucking love her I just (laughs) for for someone growing up in like a little conservative town where if you wore anything other than like a t-shirt and jeans you were like beaten up or whatever just to see someone living so creatively and authentically and just every week there was something like oh she has a dick like where did that come from and just to go okay i'm still not going to change who i am you can make up whatever rumors you want yeah i did recently see because it was making the round so maybe you've seen it as well a video of her being asked if she had a dick in some talk show and her answer was so Great. What? What if? <laughs> why do you want to know? What? What if I do? I'm not yeah. telling you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And to be, she also was one of the first few people. I, first people I saw being. Oh, there, I I am aware that she's not the first person to do this in in pop culture. But as a young person growing up, as she was on yeah. the rise, she was important. I'm aware, like Bowie, Madonna, all them. Mm-hmm. Like I know they did stuff. Grace Jones. I know that happened before, but. To see someone so in control of their sexuality, now we know post-assault, to see mm-hmm. someone so in control of their sexuality, to use their sexuality in a way... So she's, like, naked in a lot of her early shows. Not naked, like, bra and pants. A lot of her early shows, but, like, covered in blood. And it's not sexy. You're not like, oh, my God, she's so hot. It's, it's so powerful to see her owning herself and being so authentic the whole time. That that was definitely inspiring. Mm-hmm. Also, she won't chore all the time. I fucking love that. <laughs> so camp. Ah, oh, love it. Does that answer yeah. your question? That's just me rambling about why I love Lady it Gaga. <laughs> but it, it is reasons why, because she was, I guess, being authentically herself. I, I do think so. When you're, when you're not necessarily always uh, well-received, you are mm. not making it in order to sell oh. records and stuff like that, you are being yourself and you are trying to make what you are be loved by the audience, which happened mm-hmm. with Madonna when she did the uh, erotica tour. Yeah. She had a oh. lot of people against that, so it was mm-hmm. her being happy with her sexuality and wanting to There's do. a really great early interview, and now I think about it, she must have been younger than I am now. She must have been like 22, where she's being interviewed, I think, in Germany, and the guy's like, don't you think all the sexy stuff will be distracting and she's like no i'm a fucking rock star if mick jagger was sitting here grabbing his crotch you wouldn't be questioning him about whether it was distracting you'd be thinking about how much of a genius he is about his music so don't ask me those fucking questions and i was there like little baby caitlin who would never dare grab my crotch <laughs> i was like oh my god that's so fucking cool 
<laughs> she's so herself. I mean, it's all a construction. Is it possible to be authentically yourself while acknowledging that everything we do is constructed? I do think so. And then and now I'm going to... It's because of the way I see myself and what... It, it is hard. But I think like uh, as a stand-up, and I've done like some coaching before COVID where people tried... I like, I don't take anything people tell me 100%. Yes, that's gospel. Uh, because mm -hmm. that's not... Because it's, even comedy is subjective and... You don't know what you're talking about, but you have seen trends and stuff, so I can hear hear what you have to tell me. And I feel like there's things that I have to shape in my comedy, in, in the way that I present myself, that will make it more readable yeah. from an audience perspective. Mm -hmm. And if I just go there and am the way I just walk on a stage without thinking I won't be as well perceived by the audience as if I construct that a little bit it doesn't even need to be a lot but if I think about so I look like this I speak like this with an accent people will have a perception of me when I come on stage and that mm -hmm. will influence the way they see me so I, I have to use that in a way that will make them see me the way I want them to see me, mm -hmm. which is maybe you, the way I am. This is maybe quite a conversation we should have had, like, back ago. Yeah. But when it was relevant. But also, like, were you doing... How, how long have you been doing stand-up? Were you doing it when Brexit first happened? I wasn't. The Brexit vote, I was doing improv, but I wasn't doing Because I feel like that would have been great. If you did a gig, like, immediately after the Brexit vote, maybe not in London, I guess that's... Uh, you'd be surprised at the amount of people that even way after Brexit have uh, said stuff about my accent and the fact that I'm uh, foreign. Not necessarily even European, but, yeah. Mm. Uh, I think, like, the one of the reasons I'm not more of a victim of that kind of uh, co commentary is... <laughs> Is that most people think I'm Scandinavian, and Scandinavian oh. immigrants ha are well more well perceived in the UK. Mm, yeah. No one thinks I'm Portuguese. I think, yeah, that will make will make them have a different perception of me. And also, like if you look at me, I don't necessarily look foreign. It's only when I speak that I'm yeah. clearly not British. But I assume yeah. there are times when because we all we know as stand-ups, you walk into a room. Well, I think it will depend. Sometimes you get a vibe immediately when you walk in, or you see other people go up and die on their ass or whatever but you get a vibe of what a room is like so yeah. i think maybe going back to what i was saying earlier it is it is brave when you get that vibe but you're like well i'm going up anyway i'm going it is, to like, try i guess like we've all been in those gigs where the mc saying racist homophobic misogynistic mm. stuff and the audience is laughing and you know that you're going to go up there and they won't even listen to you because yeah. sometimes i wish and you still go yeah Sometimes I wish I was brave enough when... Sometimes you get introduced in a way that is yeah. sexist or just generally offensive. Is it braver to go up there anyway and make them laugh regardless? Or is it braver... Would it be braver to just stand at the back and going, no, I'm not doing this? What is braver? I guess it depends on context for each person. I've thought a little bit about that because my instinct, and maybe because I also have like improv background, is to go up there and like if if the act before me said something that is very racist, homophobic or misogynistic, if I was introduced as the only the only representative of the other sex, there's something for you two ladies in the front row, which has happened before. I can't just do my set. I will comment on it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I can comment on it in a funny way. That has mm -hmm. happened. Uh, sometimes I can't because I'm just angry and I will just yeah. comment in a, like an angry way. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that is... I don't know if that is the right thing to do or the bravest thing to do because I do think that you are being given five minutes sometimes to do yeah. your material and to be funny. And if you mm -hmm. are able to get up there and be funny despite that and make people laugh despite that, you are taking, taking up space and that's yeah. maybe being braver than just being annoyed at people. a lot of the time, people who are not... I'm just going to say people who are not in power. So that could be women, that could be queer people, that could be people, mm -hmm. like, you know are made to feel like their form of bravery should be turning the other cheek and doing what they were going to do anyway. Whereas I think for men, that's not always the case. Do I mean that? Well, for like white men. Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like we're supposed to be empowered by ignoring stuff, but I'm not sure if that... I think that's a constructed thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Am I making sense? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I do. I'm trying to I'm not disagreeing about... with you. I'm trying to work yeah. out what my thoughts are on it. Like, Yeah, I, that's I like... 
yeah, I'm not sure what is the bravest thing or what isn't the bravest mm-hmm. thing, but I do feel like when I get angry and when I comment on it, I then lose track of what I'm there to do. Yeah. And so I'm losing the space that I'm I've I've been given because I got caught up with what happened or whatever. And maybe yeah. maybe Maybe I'm wrong, but maybe it would be have been more change making to just use that space to be incredibly funny, which mm-hmm. like also I'm not always sure I always am. So maybe that, there's also yeah, that the risk. What if, oh my god, I hate when you're the only woman on the bill and you're like, it's up to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I do badly, women aren't funny forever for all of these people. Yeah. <laughs> in a way it's brave to try exactly (laughs) (laughs) so many things to think about it's like uh, we are at the end of the podcast if you don't have any more like really nagging thoughts that you need to get out there i think i've like spoken at you for for long enough (laughs) i think we've both spoken equally i think i I came at you with a a crisis of personality (laughs) can you untangle this i can't (laughs) Maybe when you re- listen back to the podcast, you're like, ah, now yeah, I know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> it is the end of the podcast, so what we are missing now is plugs. Do you have any plugs? Sure. You can find me chatting shit on Twitter at Caitlin PWLL and normally post some pictures of art or cats at Caitlin R. Powell on Instagram. I also run a podcast uh, called Queers Gone By where we uh, sort of look back on nostalgic film and TV from our childhood and we try and work out if they made us queer. I haven't listened to it yet, but you have an episode about Shrek and I'm like, is Shrek a queer character? I don't know, I have to listen. Oh, you have to listen in that case because you are not ready for the conclusions (laughs) we come to. (laughs) See, everyone listen to it. Maybe uh, you're more queer than you think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it's an awakening. (laughs) Thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest in my podcast. Uh, Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at at Beats on Twitter and Instagram for all dowdy updates. As all podcasts will tell you, all rates and reviews will be super welcome. And do share the podcast with your friends or on your socials. Hashtag DowdyPod. I would also like to know your pics of people who, to you, are examples of bravery. Share them on your reviews or tweet them at me. Huge, huge thank you to Champagne for the podcast jingle and a bunch of other things that are in podcast related. If you've enjoyed listening to Dowdy, have some spare to give, and would like to support me and help me improve on my tech and skills, all tips are welcome through PayPal and Coffee on at Mariana's Beats. I've been Mariana Feijó. Until next week.